Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Jesse. And this is Glowing in Tech. Sponsored by Makers. Hello and welcome back. Today we're joined by Candida Bradley, who is a career and well-beings coach at Makers. So Candida, thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. So we'd love to learn a bit more about how you became a career wellbeing coach. So where did your journey really start? You start at university. Um, yeah, I did a design degree at uni. Um, and then after that, I was feeling a bit lost, wanted to do something creative. So I trained as a book artist and um, got my book in the Tate um, collection. And that felt like a good thing. Yeah, it was kind of huge, like, wow, okay. Um, And then I'm not sure if it was just I didn't, if I'm very honest, I think I had quite a lot of doubt and I wasn't quite sure where to go next. So um, I, out of kind of just necessity for um, having a job and income and stuff, I didn't do as much art anymore. And then... um, I went on to actually become a carer for my granddad. My granddad got quite ill and um, I cared for him until he passed. And then I think sometimes when you have that experience, because your your life is on hold and your mm. priority is someone else. I did that with my parents and all of us had this kind of thing afterwards where you, it's like a new lease of energy and like you want to do something quite big and you have that freedom again. So I opened a craft shop. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, well, because I was really frustrated because I was like, there's not enough good craft shops in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I know why now, because rent is very, very oh, expensive. Okay. <laughs> but um, that was because I loved making books and making up. I also love teaching book arts. So my shop was like workshops and, and materials and tools and stuff. Um, but yeah, running a business on your own is tough. So that kind of came to a point where I, I, um, I think it was the wrong area. It was the wrong time. I decided to close it. And then I went into admin because I thought I needed a proper adult job and I need to stop being creative, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think a lot of creatives can definitely relate to that, that push-pull. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I went into admin and then I got really burnt out <laughs> and it wasn't for me. Um, and I, my mental health got really bad. Um, I had to take some time off work. And when I started to feel a bit better, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to give myself a month to, a month off before I go back into temping, which was, was a, what was a, what was what I was doing. And then I um, went to everything. I just followed my curiosity. So I went to loads of workshops. I met loads of people. Um, I did like an event at the Museum of Happiness. I it's such a lovely place. <laughs> no, I've never heard I of it. Heard I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> I'm like a happiness facilitator. So it wasn't a job, but it was training. So oh, I did wow. this training and more. It was just I wanted to soak up the like positive vibes and mm. yeah. Oh, that's where I'm going next. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It was really good. I went to oh, all sorts of stuff. I went to like workshops. I was going to open a restaurant or a cafe um because originally I wanted my shop to have a cafe in it 
mm-hmm. um, because I want space um, for people to um, reflect and create and it just to be that calm inviting space but anyway so there was like a cafe I was like do I go back into being an artist and a designer maker um or do I become a coach so there were really different options and the way I discovered coaching was when at my previous job before I was burnt out a coach had come in to support the students that were where I was working Mm -hmm. and I um sneakily was like can I have a session like what's this all about you know, I, I did not know about it at all. And I was absolutely amazed at positive support. Yeah. It was the first time I'd really got some positive support from a professional. And I was like, this is amazing. I didn't know this was a form of support and that I could kind of, I've always wanted to help people. So I could help people in that way. Um, so yeah, I took this month and I just followed my curiosity and did loads. And I really recommend it. Even if you can't do a month, do a week you know, and just get out there and go to things. Mm. Um, there's so much that we can we can learn from in that sense. So I decided to train as a coach. Um, I was temping while I was training. Um, I started doing wellbeing workshops, which combines like the bookmaking and um, I've always been passionate about self-development, learning about ourselves, learning about others, you know. So I was in the workshops and then I found the makers um, job which literally said well-being workshops and coaching (laughs) so it's definitely like the universe went there you go I was like okay yeah like you know yeah exactly and it was like wow okay so I did that um and then I actually my contract it was a contract came to an end and then during lockdown I went back to makers as a career coach Mm -hmm. so I kind of was bringing all that well-being um passion knowledge experience um, and then helping uh, graduates uh, makers get their first graduate role or first role after they graduate from the boot camp. Um, so that's what I do now. Fantastic. So very squiggly. And what exactly is a career and wellbeing coach? What is it that you do and what do you support them students with? Yeah, it's a good question. It, it's, um, it's a diverse role. So it involves um, workshops on things like your CV and your cover letter and how to adjust to a different industry mm-hmm. um, because many of the people through makers are career changes. So there'll be people that are like, I haven't done a cover letter before or I've never needed a CV. So that's quite a lot of um, adjustment in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's quite practical things like that. Um, but by the nature of the makers course, it really makes you test how you learn, how you communicate with others and what your strengths are you need to kind of it's all part of that journey yeah um so as a well-being coach you see a lot of uh self-doubt and procrastination imposter syndrome all of those kinds of things come in so it's a difficult journey because you're trying to push yourself on a new path and face all of those things that are coming at you so um my role also involves coaching around those kinds of things that come up because life right we've got to like deal with life as well as um pushing ourselves forward I kind of say that being getting into tech um and finding your first role is like being an entrepreneur it's got a very similar skill set you've got to use your initiative you've got to be proactive you've got to be flexible and adaptable you've got to look at every which way around something you know um which you do as a software developer as well but yeah that's what my role involves one thing that you mm-hmm. spoke about previously was that you dealt with a lot of burnout and, yeah. and 
when you're learning mm. um, a completely new language, yeah. and it can be very intense. You know, you're doing it yeah. full time. There's a huge learning curve, and it's great that we have the community, but also mm. there's a lot of burnout that can happen. Can yeah. you walk us through any tips that you have yeah. for burnout in particular, please? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think speak about it. You know, I think it's now spoken about a lot more. And I think knowing that it's a very real possibility. So kind of keeping support around you. So whether that is speaking to peers that you're learning with, whether that's reaching out, um, you know, at Makers, like having a coaching session, but taking breaks and really defining your routine. I think what I see a lot is people will do the course and then they graduate and they're looking for a role and they have to decide their whole routine. Whereas quite often on the courses, you're given quite a strong routine. Mm. Um, but I think really make sure you are putting something like meditation in there, physical movement, like um, walking, yoga, whatever kind of lets your mind, your mind and your body relax. Because mm. I think that's really missed. It's your body too. You know, you can spend hours sitting in front of a laptop. You're probably going to, but you need to kind of have thinking time. I think that's something that's missed a lot. Um, so I think giving yourself thinking time, speaking about it, um, having boundaries, because you will need boundaries in the job that you go into. And actually, this is a good place to practice while you've got the flexibility to see what really works for you. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting because we had Adrian on the podcast earlier on in the season and she spoke about how having that focus on physical and mental well-being made the world of difference to her learning experience because it can be so overwhelming and you're adjusting to an entire new way of learning. Um, yeah, so I love that you've got that emphasis and you've got, have you noticed that you see a difference in the, how people uh yeah, I guess learn once they engage with the well-being sessions. Most definitely, yeah, because I think there's always something to take from them. Um, you know, we we're human. We have patterns of and ways of doing things. But the more you have that understanding, the more empathy you have towards others, but also to yourselves and self-compassion. Right? If you're, I think part of learning something really big and new, like a new language like doing a career change is that you're always feeling like you need to push yourself forward mm, yes you know and that is almost like a path to burnout yeah it is. yeah it is. You know? yeah sorry go ahead. i was gonna say i really want to speak about giving yourself permission to take those breaks we yeah. touched on imposter syndrome and i think that sometimes when you feel like i'm so far behind i've got mm. such a huge learning curve i need to prove that i belong here you don't give yourself that permission to actually pause and take a break you mm. feel like you just have to keep steering yeah. like a full throttle like yeah. ahead just so you can yeah. reach your goals so yeah most most definitely yeah I think that's a really really difficult one um but it's all and everyone's got a different way of doing it I think that's the thing you know and I think it's almost giving yourself that space to go I need to experiment with what well-being sort of um, practices work for me so I almost like think that you should have a little toolkit of things and and keep changing them and keep adding to your little toolkit of like actually this particular bit of learning I'm doing has hit me in a different way maybe I need to try something different you know to release that tension 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so key. Because we talk about it on Twitter about giving yourself grace. Yeah. And yesterday I went to a workshop by um the Black Wellbeing Collective mm-hmm. and it re um it taught me about like self-compassion again. Yeah. And that's exactly what we needed at mm-hmm. the time of us learning. We needed mm-hmm. to be a lot be a lot more self-compassionate. I felt like I was so hard on myself because yeah. I was like, you should know this and you yeah. should know that and why um, am I not getting the things that like I'm working towards and mm. stuff like that? So can yeah. we touch a bit more on self-compassion, especially when we're learning and we're trying to learn that first Yeah, role? most definitely. Because I think um, self-compassion is a tricky one and I'm a huge advocate for journaling. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's free. It's You can do it any way you want. But I think... To be compassionate to ourselves when we're doing something that's quite intense, we need to, there's part of us that like wants to see the evidence, mm. you know, and it's so easy that we just, we, we're just, again, on that path, we're not sort of paying attention to what we we are taking on. Um, and I think by noting your progress, even if it's like the nature of the industry, you're not going to know everything. You can't. And, and I think that is a real adjustment, but it has to, you, you have to kind of take that on. Because it means that actually whatever you're learning, you're adding to it and like you, you will, it's part of your journey in tech, you will always be learning. Exactly. You know, like it will always be part of it. So I think in terms of the compassion, um, marking your progress and allowing yourself to see that actually I'm still doing this. I'm still going, this is what I've picked up. Yes, I'm still working on these bits, but I can see that I'm getting forwards, you know. Um. And that involves taking the breaks and knowing that you're human. Exactly. (laughs) Also, comparison can be a very real thing. Um, Yeah. When you're surrounded by people. I remember I definitely dealt with this. You know, when you you see the best and you're like, oh my gosh, they're getting it so much faster than I am. And I'm not doing quite as well Mm. as them. What advice would you give to people who are struggling with self-comparison? Yeah. Learning altogether. That's a really good question because I think as well, especially when you're on something like a boot camp, you can see. Yeah. Yes. So there's all the comparison and it's there. And it can be very right? obvious that like, oh yeah, this yeah. person's the go-to person because they seem yeah. to know everything. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yes, I definitely get sort of people kind of going, oh, but that person's going to get a job straight away because yeah. they know this and they're doing this. And I think that's where it's actually stopping and kind of going inwards for our resources rather than outwards. Because I think what happens is we compare and quite often then we want to kind of, okay, well, how do I learn and do things in the way that that person's doing them? But that's that person, right? And you're bringing all these other skills with you. And that is a real big thing I like need to drive home that you are bringing so much with you more than just the tech skills you're learning. Mm. Um, There's actually something... Um, I don't mind sharing it afterwards. There's something called the high five test, which I think is like, it's really good. Okay. Um, and my favorite number is five, so. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like it pulls out your five natural strength or your top five. So we've got obviously more than five, but it's really interesting for like almost giving yourself the space to go, well, okay, what are my strengths? What do I naturally do? And we can look at them and think that, oh, everyone does that yeah right but actually no they don't we all do things in a very particular way and I think that there's a whole sort of space of like if you know your strengths and you're living by your strengths then that kind of adds to um contentment and fulfillment as well um I've gone on a bit of a tangent but I think that for comparison will show up it will be there right so if we know and we expect it and we have tools to kind of 
notice it and go, ah, I've slipped into doing that. How can I just come back to what I've got to offer or what I'm curious about and what I'm in? I, like, I always, always go on about curiosity, like so big. I think it just distracts you from um, what's right or wrong, you know, mm -hmm. because there isn't a right or wrong. <laughs> Whereas if it's like, no, I'm generally going give, to give my energy and my focus to what I'm really intrigued by. Mm. That's also going to give you, I mean, a lot of times um, people will talk about motivation. How do I get my motivation? Oh, you know, I've lost it. How do I get it back? And I'm like, mm. it's an energy, right? <laughs> it will come and go. Yeah. And I don't think that we can really, I don't think it's useful for us to kind of push ourselves forward with motivation, but curiosity. I love that. That's you know? Really nice take. Yeah, definitely. And especially in tech, I think nurturing your curiosity is such an important way to build skills. Like we know that it's a vast landscape. We know that even within front end and back end, there's so much you can explore and giving yourself permission and grace to kind of follow those curious paths. Like those um, things you're intrigued by can be a great way to stop the learning from being so monotonous. Because I think sometimes people can force themselves to be like, no, I need to get really good at this thing before I can move on to something else and like almost make it a bit of a self-punishing thing. Yes. That was me with CSS, babe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I need to And it's like, no, you, you can jump between those things, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. And give yourself permission to be flexible. Yeah, like yes. it doesn't have to be so rigid. It's not like yeah. level one, level two, like a game. Like you have to pass yeah. level one. And only once you mm -hmm. pass, you can go to level yeah. two, but you can go to level seven, you can go to back to level two. But then that's the thing, when you're learning and you don't know what it is you need to learn and you look at these like roadmaps for how oh to become God. a good software engineer, it does make it seem like you have to know that I thing, know. you know? I know, and especially like when you take it literally. So yes. I would see these things and literally say, I need to cover all of these modules. And yeah. then it's almost like university, yeah. right? Especially when you come yeah. from a school background. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. learning by myself was quite challenging because yeah. I really wanted that kind of structure. Mm -hmm. And that's that was that was what was helpful doing the Sky Games Tech Bootcamp because we had a structure, mm -hmm. but also we were free to do our own personal learnings. And I felt like what I what actually wanted was a boot camp. So I was like forced to be in this environment. Yeah. And like with other people, it just kind of depends yeah. on what you really want out of your like learning journey. Mm -hmm. But I do think that for me personally, even knowing that I, I'm one that likes structure, there's some people don't, yeah. that don't appreciate yeah. that. But working out um, what methods work best for you. And I yeah. like the fact that we're touching on this because you were speaking about learning how to learn. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that is kind of the bit, you know, you get really excited, you sign up to the course, and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm ready to go. And then it's like, whoa, wait, yeah, how do I learn? <laughs> yeah. And I and I then probably a panic of like, okay, how do I get used to this? And then the overwhelm comes in. And But I think once you learn how you learn, oh, that's such a brilliant skill for life, really you know? Um, and even when you touched on like kind of, you know, we had some of the group stuff, then I had um, your own learning and solo learning. Like, yeah, just all those places within this industry where you can pick up on how you respond to things. There's so many ways and resources of taking it in. You know, if you know you prefer group stuff, there's so many groups, mm -hmm. you know? If it's like, actually, no, I just want a tutorial on my own, you know, you can go and do that. So I think the diversity of the industry i think there's an um, it's quite amazing of like how you can diversify your search mm. and you can research things um i really noticed that from having like jumped around into different industries that's not in other places in the same way you know yeah. whereas it is here and i think embracing that 
is important. We love a good squiggly thread. We do love a squiggly (laughs) thread. (laughs) (laughs) So I think another thing that's really important is for somebody coming from a non-technical background, applying to those first technical roles, it can be difficult to know what to expect. So what are some of the top tips you'd give for people both applying to those roles and getting that first technical interview? So um, I think it's not underestimating everything you're bringing with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Balls. <laughs> like, wow. It's so yes. underestimated though. Like, yeah, I think I probably say that every day in my job. You know, really? like genuinely you are, people get quite stuck on like the technical abilities. But if you're, as a junior, if you're going into a supportive organization, they can teach you the tech. Yeah. That's part of their responsibility. What you're bringing with you is your process and the way you work and the way you learn. Mm-hmm. And that's so key. And you've picked that up not just from your boot camp experience or how you've taught yourself tech, from your life, right? Yes. In every experience. So I think really, um, again, kind of getting to know your strengths, but really thinking about the soft skills that you're bringing. We are seeing more employers, country makers that want to know what your soft skills are and might hire you on your soft skills over your technical skills you know we've actually seen that some of the big ones and i think um yeah so i'd I'd say definitely looking at what you bring with you Mm -hmm. um and don't underestimate things like people be like oh well i've only got this technical experience any experience whether that is work whether it's volunteering for me like caring being a carer you learn so much you know so there's our lives bring us experiences. So I think really honing in on that um, and getting to know your strengths. Um, and yeah, knowing that just to kind of like keep keep going. Um, I think in terms of like your CV, I always, always go on about this is skill, example, impact. Okay, Ooh. on your CV? Yeah. Okay. So we sort of, suggest that your pay, your CV is one page mm-hmm. and try and keep it to one page. I know that's difficult. Um, I review a lot of CVs, so I <laughs> all sorts of things. But um, my look at it is, so some people might have like a um, skill box at the top, which is like, I'm adaptable, I'm flexible, I'm um, a project management. I'll just put these key words at the top. But for me personally, when I look at that, I go, well, how do I know? Yeah, you've not evidenced it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, how I need to demonstrate it to me. Mm-hmm. So if I see a bullet point underneath the job role, which is saying, this is the skill, this is the example of how I used it, and this is how it impacted my team or our sales or, um, you know, something in retail would be like uh, created repeat and loyal custom. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always an impact. Mm-hmm. And then that's just making it really easy for the employer to see that's how that person can bring us that skill. Mm. And we want that skill. Because mm-hmm. it's talking about adding value, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that's much, to me, that's much more powerful than the list of skills. Yes. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how you've used them. Mm. And that's Whereas, a great way to also stand out in the process. Yeah. I think that one thing that I definitely struggled with coming from a non-computer science degree was how do I stand out against those computer science guys? Yes. Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. And um, especially yeah. when, you know, you're being rejected at CV stage. Mm. What about my CV needs to change? Is it the keywords? Is it the way that yeah. I'm talking about my skills? And sometimes we um, feel like we don't have enough to put on our CV. But like yeah. there's, so, there's so many things we can add, like the courses that we're doing, yeah. the projects that we've built and linking stuff 
um, like that to demonstrate that even though we may mm. not have software engineer on our CV, yeah. we're still demonstrating that we're taking the steps to learn that. Completely. And I think that's really key with like the other courses and things. Yeah, it shows your journey. You're showing yes, your journey exactly. and your passion and your interest. Um, and that is more important than you kind of having the experience already and just going to a new role, mm, right? Yeah. Like it's actually like, oh, I can see like the the industry is changing. People want people with a variety of experiences. There are people that are getting hired, you know, someone recently got hired um, because of their experience that they had in teaching as well as mm. um, that they wanted to get into tech, you know? So I think it's that thing, again, you're bringing everything with you and that's that's so valuable. You know, transferable skills are very, very real. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it all compounds, even though at the time you might not see it that way, you'll definitely lean on those skills at some point in that new career. Definitely. Amazing. So that's the end of part one with Candida. Please join us for next week where we'll be discussing her career challenges and her tech tea. Love it. See you then. Bye. Mm -hmm. Available on all major podcast platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.